Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome back to Inside Arsenal. It is Wednesday. I hope you are having a very, very good week wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world. Like I said yesterday, a bit of a quiet week for Arsenal. They are back now. They are back at London Colney, having had a couple of days off after that win against Newcastle. We came back yesterday and the attention is now very, very much turning to that game against Sheffield United on Monday night, which means no weekend football for us. You can just sit back, watch and hope results go our way before that game against uh, Sheffield United on Monday night at Bramwell Lane. But still plenty to discuss today. Uh, Arsenal's fi financial results were released yesterday, which were uh, interesting. Big £50 million loss for Arsenal. Now look, absolute disclaimer here. I'm dreadful when it comes to finances. I can barely look after my own money, let alone um, a multi-million pound business um, when they release their financial results. So I'm not really clued up on the ins and outs of it, but I will try and explain some of that headlines for you. But also down below in the description, you'll find a sort of link to someone on Twitter who's far more experienced than I am at it and far more knowledgeable. And if you want to go through all the ins and outs of the finances, at, which he's done brilliantly and he's broken it all down into things, if you want to have a look at it, then please do go down into the description, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening on podcast, and you can go to his Twitter and uh, read until your heart's content about the ins and outs and Arsenal's finances. But we will talk about it a little bit and um, you know reasons why maybe Arsenal had a £50 million loss for the 2022 23 year. We'll talk about injuries, of course. Takahiro Tomiyasu could potentially be back on Monday night, which would be a big, big boost for Arsenal. Uh, Ruben Neves has been talking about, um, I was going to say his failed move to Arsenal, but it wasn't really a failed move to Arsenal. But he's been talking about Arsenal's previous interest in him. Got lots of questions and comments from you as well. But I wanted to start off quickly by just saying a big thank you for all the love that you've sent my way in the last day or so. Uh, really do appreciate it. I've put a selection of the comments that you've sent in on the screen, there were far more 
sent in as well. And I really do appreciate all of them. Of course, I said yesterday that YouTube had very kindly reminded me yesterday that it was the channel's fourth birthday. Uh, so I went and had a little dig, saw that, you know, the videos have generated 32 million views since I first posted the first video. We're up to nearly 100,000 subscribers. And um, yeah, I just really do appreciate all the support you've given me. And I really do appreciate all of the, the messages that people like Shane there have sent in, um, Seth as well. You know, um, it's just fantastic to read. I mean, Seth there says big love from South Africa and going through all the comments yesterday that you sent in, it was really great to um, just to see where so many of you have been sending your messages in from, from South Africa, from Australia, from Mexico, from the Caribbean, from America, from Canada. It's just amazing. And it just sort of really does bring back the, this sort of just it makes you realize just again how far reaching this channel is which is great because this world of ours is a huge huge place but some things can make it feel pretty small and this like this when we're all connected via the uh the wonder of youtube makes it kind of feel pretty small and uh, and makes it more like a community i suppose which is always a good thing and uh yeah i just really do appreciate all your support and um yeah here's to the next four years indeed okay let's talk about the finances like as i said look i'm dreadful at this sort of stuff as all my GCSE teachers in maths will uh, gladly tell you if uh, if they're still alive, which they probably are, but um, who knows? Uh, but yeah, there is the finances have come out. Arsenal did release it yesterday from the 2022-2023 season, and the big sort of headline news is the loss before tax of 52.1 million, which is up slightly on the previous year, which was 45.5 million. But as the club announced in the statement that the overall loss for the year. Um, of 52.1 million. The financial result was impacted by impairment write downs on certain player registrations amounting to 18.1 million, which by virtue of their quantum are classified as exceptional. The loss before tax, excluding the impairment of exceptional items, amounted to 34 million. So that is quite a lot less. And when they talk about that and they talk about impairment write downs, they talk about player registrations, basically it's Nicolas Pepe, um, the cost that Arsenal were hit by for deciding to cancel his contract a year early. When you look at 2022, Arsenal's um, uh, exceptional costs were nothing. And this year they were 18.1 million, which is basically the money they had to put into cancelling Pepe's contract a year early. So that was the main reason for such a big loss this year. Had it not been for that, then the loss would have been slightly different um, and less than the, the year before. And revenues have gone up, which is uh, for Arsenal saying the improvement in the underlying results reflects on the return to UEFA competition for the men's first team. Of course, they're in Europa League last year. They weren't in the previous year. Uh, a strong performance in the Premier League where the club finished second. And those revenue streams are certainly going to go up next year as well because they're in the Champions League. Of course, they've got new commercial deals kicking in. The big Emirates deal is kicking in. We've got uh, the sponsorship deal from the training ground to kick in soon. So revenue streams are high and they're good and they're strong with Arsenal. But player trading profits are still very, very low. And that is a big thing for generating profit. And Arsenal ultimately do want to get back to being a sustainable club. They haven't been for a long, long time um, because they're spending such big money on it. And you look here, this is what I was talking about um, with someone who's far more um, expert in this area than me. And Chris Weatherspoon here, there's his tweet if you're watching on YouTube. And this is his graphic that he put out on Twitter as well. And he's done much, much more than this on a really good thread about Arsenal's finances. And I'll put the link to his tweet 
down below in the description if like i said at the start if you want to go and read about it and really sort of learn about exactly what's gone on then chris is your man he's done a really good breakdown for you so go and read his but when he looks at the when you look at the sort of main headlines he's put it in his tweet here so revenue for arsenal has gone up 25 percent, up to 467 million 25 percent. you know that's a really big big boost wages have gone back up again to 235 million that's an 11 percent rise that's no big surprise you think the year before lots of big hitters left and arsenal's wage bill dropped fairly significantly as a result, the likes of Aubameyang, Lacazette, but then this year, a lot of big hitters came in. When you look at Gabriel, um, sorry, that start of 2022-23, a lot of big hitters came in with Gabriel Jesus, Sinchenko, those sort of players, and the wages have gone up again as a result. Wages to revenue at Arsenal is 50%, which actually is, I think, the second lowest in the Premier League, which is pretty mad when you think think about it. I think Tottenham are the only club below them when it comes to wages to revenue, and that's even, even you know, 50%. That's still big. Arsenal's operating loss, 57 million, which is down 3%, and player additions has gone up to 251 million. 251 million is a huge amount of player additions. Gross transfer spend over the last five years, 835 million pounds um, for Arsenal, which is just massive. I think that's more than like 17 years previously combined, which shows the um, level of the rebuild that has gone on at Arsenal and fair play to the Cronkies, a level of backing that they have given to this rebuild over time. So, yeah, look, I'm not going to spend too much more time on it because I, it's really tough for me, someone who's so awful when it comes to finances, to get his head around it. So I'll just point you in the direction of Chris um, and his tweet if you want to learn more about it. Uh, he's the guy to to go to. On Nicolas Pepe, obviously, he's getting a lot of headlines at the moment because of that write-off. And that is just a class, classic case of um, recruitment gone wrong. You know, it's not, and that's nothing, that's not against Nicolas Pepe. You look at what he did in his first two seasons for Arsenal and it was decent. It was, you know, he had a big part to play in the FA Cup win. The following year, I think he scored 16 goals. You know, he's not, he's not a massive flop by any means when you compare him to other big money signings. He just wasn't a great fit. And of course, Mikel Arteta came in after Nicolas Pepe was signed. It wasn't an Arteta player. It was a player brought in. It wasn't even a Nunai Emery player. You know, Emery didn't sign him. Emery didn't want him. Emery wanted Wilfred Zaha. He was brought in by the club, by Raul Sanyehi, um, and the recruitment team at that point. They made that signing and it just didn't work. It didn't fit. Ultimately, when Arteta came in, he didn't really fit what Arteta wanted as a player. And, um, and that's why I think you kind of look at that and how it's worked out and the cost, overall cost it is. Cost to Arsenal is huge. You know, transfer fee, wages, um exceptional cost it's just a massive massive um it's just a massive financial hit that the club have had to take and take on a, a piece of recruitment that did not work out and it's a big warning sign going forward about you've got to really be sure that any player you bring to the club it fits it's what the people at the club want the manager wants um and you've got to get it right fortunately since then i think arsenal have got most certainly the majority of their transfer dealings right um what they need to work on now certainly is getting some good money in for some of their players that they're going to sell because if you want to make profit and Arsenal do want to they want to become sustainable again then Champions League is crucial to that but also you know selling players on and, and receiving decent money from trading is uh is really important as well and it's something Arsenal just not done too well at in the recent past. Hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Moving on quickly, Ruben Neves was talking. I saw yesterday giving an interview about um, failed moves from Wolves and he, and he mentioned Arsenal, said it was very close to happening. Didn't mention when. I'm not sure he's talking about last summer. I know that Arsenal very, very much, they did want Ruben Neves um, the year before. And had Granite Xhaka gone that year, I think Ruben Neves probably would have gone to Arsenal. But Xhaka, Granite stayed. He decided to stay. And that, as far as I was aware, sort of ended Arsenal's interest in Ruben Neves. I know they were linked with him last summer as well, before he went to Saudi Arabia. I'm not sure that's the, the period that he's talking about when it comes to uh, his move to Arsenal nearly, nearly taking. He talked about Barcelona as well and things like that. And he's always he was linked with Arsenal in the in January, wasn't he? As a potential loan coming over from Saudi Arabia, but I can't see that happening. And I can't imagine it's one that Arsenal will will revisit. I can't say for sure, but I think that ship has probably sailed now when it came to Ruben Neves. If you're uh, if you are reading all the stuff about him at the moment, uh, Takahiro Tomiyasu seems like he could potentially be. Part of the squad for the game on Monday night. We'll have to wait and see. Mikel Arteta's press conference is tomorrow. It's an early press conference. Normally does this on a Friday for a weekend game, but he's doing it on Thursday this week for a Monday night game, uh, which is going to be interesting. Sort of drag out the whatever content we get from him in the embargo section over a few days before that game on Monday night. But we'll see what he has to say about Tommy Asu. Gabriel Jesus as well. Interesting story from Sammy Mottbell over in the Daily Mail yesterday that Arsenal are really having to manage Jesus through to the end of the season now with this knee injury. Um, I've said it before, it feels like, and this is just a hunch, it, it does feel like they're probably going to have to revisit this operation that they did with Gabriel Jesus in the summer because it just doesn't, from a completely sort of lay person here when it comes to medical science, it just doesn't feel like it's worked, does it? Because it's still plaguing him and he's still, they're still having to manage this injury. He's getting fluid on the knee. And you would have hoped, and Arsenal did hope, that what they did in the summer when they decided to operate right at the start of the season after they come back from the US tour, was that it was going to solve the issue that he was having with his knee that dates back to the injury he picked up at the World Cup with Brazil. Clearly hasn't happened because it clearly hasn't worked because they're still having to manage it. And whatever oper- whatever the aim of the operation was in the summer, it just feels like it didn't work, which you kind of think you don't want to go through this again next season. You don't want him to be constantly managing this injury next season. You want him to be available as much as possible. Obviously, you want every footballer to be available as much as possible. So it does make me wonder if maybe an operation, that he's going to have to have a second operation on it. So we'll wait and see. But um, the crucial thing is now is just having him available for as many games as possible to now in the end of the season and revisit that in the summer when it comes to the operation. And that's what Arsenal are doing. And um, yeah, it was an interesting story, I thought, from Sammy yesterday on that. 
Right, we'll move on to some of your questions and comments now. I just wanted to flag this. This is from Red Army. It says, hi, Charles. Love your channel. Thank you very much. Look forward to your new video you post. One thing I wanted to make you aware of, and I'm sure you've received plenty of messages and tweets regarding the absolute mess that Arsenal have made today, cancelling hundreds, if not thousands, of memberships, falsely accusing people of using bots, meaning long-term genuine fans being punished for an absolute shambles of a ticketing system. If you can help in any way raising some awareness around this, um, then the club uh, the club have hung fans out to dry. All I can say at the moment is this, because I'm waiting. I've I've made a call this morning, and I'm because I I have been inundated with messages across all of my profiles from YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, everything, um, and I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. I haven't got to the bottom of it yet, and I, I'm trying to, and just keep an eye peeled. As soon as I get the sort of response that I need, then we, we will. I'll hopefully try and get more of it. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to get to the bottom of exactly what's gone on, and um, and I am expecting to hear more today. So just just wait on it for now, Red Army. And um, yeah, hopefully as soon as I hear something, then I will put it out. So uh, yeah, just wait on that. But we'll, we'll see what happens. But just to let you know, I am absolutely aware of it, and and I am tr trying to chase it up for you. Uh, Roberts here. Oh, so so it's Tony Roberts, isn't it? Charles, great content as always. You said Isaac would be your first choice as a new striker, and that if we buy a striker, we need to not just get back up for Jesus, but sign someone who can replace him. Are you saying Isaac is that level? I am. Yeah, absolutely. I think he. I think he can replace Jesus. And when I say replace Jesus, I mean, you know, be basically come in and really compete with him as number one and have the quality to potentially replace him. I don't think Eddie's ever going to replace Gabriel Jesus. You know, if they're both fit, Gabriel Jesus is going to start every single game. I think if you've got Alexander Isaac and they're both fit, there's no way that Gabriel Jesus is going to start every game because I think Isaac is just as good um, or has the potential to be just as good. I think he's, I just think he's a really, really fabulous player. And I think he can get so much better as well. Um, as I said yesterday, I think he ticks so many boxes. He just, when I look at him, I just think you work for this Arsenal team, and um, so yeah, I I, I do. I, I think if we if he if Arsenal were to sign Isaac, I'm not saying they are. That was just my personal preference when it came to a forward this summer. I think Isaac, if not at the very top of the list, would certainly be in the right right in the mix for it. I think he has the potential to come in and replace Gabriel Jesus, and certainly be another brilliant option at the very very top level to uh, share the burden with Gabriel Jesus going forward as well. Uh, here's one from John and from AFC Lindell. Uh, John says, hi, Charles, somewhat late to your channel, but must say it's a delight to get your updates here in Western Australia. Fantastic. Thank you very much, John. I hope beautiful Western Australia is well this morning or this evening, whatever time you're watching this. Uh, it says, I think Jesus is a must for the return Porto game and should be managed so he can play his Champions League experience and goal scoring record. Cannot be underestimated. Uh, in such an important game. And then AFC Lindell said, Charles, while I agree with you that Gabriel Jesus shouldn't walk back into the team, I still think for me he starts on Monday if he is 100% fit, which better game than Sheffield United will he have a better chance? Will we have a better chance to rotate? I'd like to think, I'd like to see Trossard start that game as well and possibly Smith Rowe again, like versus Nottingham. Yeah, look, I think, as John said, I think Gabriel Jesus, I think a lot. The planning for Arsenal around Jesus and managing this injury is so that he'll be ready to play in the big, big games. And I think Porto is a big, big game. And if he is fit, I think like you, he starts that match 100%. And I also agree that if you want to get sort of get him up to speed ahead of that Porto game that Sheffield United probably could be one to do, you could potentially play him for the start at Sheffield United. And then you give him half an hour as a substitute against Brentford. And then, you know, he's ready to go against Porto. Um, I, I just think, yeah, Gabriel Jesus, as good as he is, and I don't think he should walk straight back into the team all the time, but I do think he just 
you look at his record in the Champions League, you look at what he's done for Arsenal so far this season in Champions League, you look at what he did for Manchester City in the Champions League. For that game of that importance, you want your best players, you want your very, very best team. And for Arsenal, as well as everyone's doing, playing in different positions at the moment, if Jesus is fit, he's Arsenal's number nine. He's their best player. He's their best forward. You play him as a number nine in that game against Porto for me. So I do, I do agree on it. It'd be interesting to see how Arsenal manages workload ahead of that Porto game. Here's one from Kane. He says, if Ramsdale leaves in the summer, should our next goalkeeper sign him be an experienced player in the mould of someone like Carson at City? Someone who's happy sitting back but remaining at top level for a little bit longer over a younger keeper who'll be unhappy with game time and the revolving door of goalkeepers continues. Congrats on the good work from a long-term subscriber. Thank you, Kane. Uh, I think it should be an experienced one, I have to say. I don't think it should be someone as experienced as Scott Carson. I think it should probably be a bit younger than that. Um, but I think that's probably the way to go. You kind of look at Tottenham and they've got... Um, Oh, what's his name? Oh, his name's gone out of my head. I'm sure you'll all remind me if it doesn't pop back. The guy used to play for Celtic, Southampton, always played well against Arsenal. No, his name's gone out of my head. But you know who I'm talking about. That sort of goalkeeper, I would say, would be best for a number two. Um, remember when Arsenal signed Matt Ryan for that second half of the season? Someone like that, I think, would be best for where Arsenal are right now. Because David Ryan understand, you know, he's going to be Arsenal's long-term number one. I don't really see the point in having a, another young goalkeeper who's inexperienced, who's maybe not played that much, who you suddenly throw into the mix. I think it needs to be someone more experienced who's perhaps happy at their stage of their career to be number two and provide a real strong backup for, for David Raya. So, yeah, that's the way I'd, I would play it when it comes to the bringing in the replacement for Aaron Ramsdale, who, who I think we all probably expect to leave come the summer. Here's one from the kicker 3485 says, love the content, Charles. I've been watching for quite a while now and always enjoy your videos. Thank you very much. I have a question about the striker we will sign in the summer. One player I haven't seen talked about much is Victor Jukarez for Sporting. He is on fire for them and has been scoring goals for fun. I think he has 30 goals and 10 assists in 33 games this season, with only three of them being from penalties. He's six foot tall, six foot two tall, physical, good with the ball, and doesn't seem to have a weak foot. I was wondering what your thoughts are on him and have you heard anything about him? I haven't heard anything about Arsenal's interest if there is any interest in Jokeres. I've certainly heard a lot about him this season because of what he's doing for Sporting, which is fantastic. Uh, obviously, he was in, in England not so long ago, playing for Coventry in the Championship, having a great season for them, went to Sporting, continued that fantastic form. He does have a release clause, I believe, that isn't, when I say it isn't overly expensive, I still think it's about 80 million or something like that, which is, of course, huge amounts of money. Um, but look, I, I, I don't, I haven't watched much of sport and I haven't watched much of Portugal. I see that he's scoring, his scoring record this season is fantastic. He's constantly, you know, popping up on social media for scoring more goals and getting assists. And um, he's really writing himself into the headlines this season. Um, and I'm sure he's a player that Arsenal will look at just because they're looking for forwards and they'll look at what's the best out there, who's scoring the most goals, who's contributing the most to their teams. And Jokeres will have to be right at the top of that list or near the top of that list because of what he's doing for sport in this season over in Portugal. Um, and if Arsenal feel he's the one they'll go for, then they might he might well be. But I can't say for, for now that he will be or I don't know. I haven't been told that there is definite interest in him. But uh, like I said, I'm sure he's a player whose name is probably on the board in, in Eddie's room because it would be pretty mad if he's not, given what he's doing for Sporting this season. But if you guys know more about Jokeres than me, you watch more of Sporting than me and you think he is the guy that Arsenal should be going for come the summer, let me know why in the comments below. All right, that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for your time. As always, I really do appreciate it. Be back tomorrow to do it all over again. Inside Arsenal Extra Time, I think myself and James are going to sit down on Friday to do that this week because timings don't really work out today or tomorrow. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But until then, have a very good day. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.